The Irish Times Inside Politics podcast is going to be holding another live event. This one is in central Dublin on Thursday, May the 16th at 8am. We are going to be in Medley in Dublin too. We only have a few tickets left, so if you want to join me in conversation with head of Ipsos polling in the US, Cliff Young, along with Pat Leahy and Jennifer Bray, looking at the polling in Ireland in the run-up to the European and local elections, just go to irishtimes.com slash events where you can get your tickets. It's Wednesday, February the 26th, and you're very welcome to the Inside Politics podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. With me in studio are political editor Pat Leahy. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Hugh. I'm also joined by Louise O'Reilly, who is a Sinn Féin's health spokesperson, as well as the recently re-elected TD for Dublin Fingal. Good morning. Um, Louise, before we get into the nitty-gritty of coalitionology and what's going to happen over the next while, and also the the, uh, meetings, Sinn Féin meetings, which have been happening around the country, um, you are the health spokesperson. Um, This health scare is getting scarier by the day, it seems, at the moment. Um, The coronavirus uh, in Italy has caused the rugby match next weekend to be cancelled. What's Sinn Féin's position? Kind of full support for the Minister and the the health services on it? We would have uh, full support for the Chief Medical Officer and the advice uh, that he's given. Um, I think this is an ongoing and an evolving situation. So what people need to do is to consult the HSE website uh, for the most up-to-date information. And I think in a situation like this, information is key. And, and, you know, I mean, we would have been critical in the past of the of the, the government and the minister in relation to information. And I think this time uh, they have been out in front. Uh, the website is kept regularly updated. People need to consult the website if for any reason you don't have access to the internet. Try and find someone who can help you in that regard or indeed make contact with a health professional if you're concerned. But I think the, the most important thing is that, you know, People are up to date with their information and not uh, trying to get too much information from Facebook or social media. Get it directly from the HSE or the Department of Health, I think, is the place to is the place to get it. And if you're in any way concerned, contact a health professional. Pat, are there any political implications to this? I mean, we have a caretaker government in place. We don't really know how serious uh, this might get over the next few weeks or a couple of months. Well, on the first point, there, there, there is a, a caretaker government in place, but a caretaker government legally is exactly the same as a government. There is no distinction between them. Now, by convention, they don't take very big decisions or uh, particularly involving spending of money or new policies and that without consultation with the opposition. And, and Leo Varadkar said explicitly that um, uh, in the Dáil last week. So I would expect if there are, you know, major public health implications for this and actions to be taken as is entirely possible, then I would expect that Louise and the members of other opposition parties would be consulted. I think in terms of any political implications of it, if the government makes up bags of it, then they would be blamed by uh, by uh, by people for it. And but there might be difficult decisions that would have to be made. I mean... <laughs> The way in which it's being dealt with in somewhere like China is somewhere which you wouldn't expect it would be dealt with in a democratic society. But constraints might be put on people's behaviour and movements and so on. Yeah, which people might put up with for a short period of time. But if it went on for a long period of time, you could see people cavilling um, at that. So, uh, you know, what are the political implications of that? Very hard to see because we never had Mm -hmm. anything like it uh, before. We've got no reference point for it. Sometimes people row in behind the government when it takes these difficult actions. But if their lives are disrupted for very long periods of time for reasons that they don't deem to be uh, sufficiently grave, um, 
then but that's I think where, that where communication is going to be absolutely key. For sure. Um, and if the 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 minister uh, needs to keep the lines of communication open. He needs to make sure that he is letting people know uh, at every single step of the way how this is being managed, um, what are the potential implications. And I think the, you know, where you find people getting angry, that's when they haven't been communicated with, when, uh, you know, when they, they find out something uh, on the news rather than, you know, that they're proactively being engaged Which appears with. to have been the case with the IRFU about the, uh, about the rugby match being yeah. cancelled. But I don't think there's any dispute that public health has to trump uh, even really important stuff like rugby. I think it, it's got to, uh, you know, people need well, to, know, to well, focus. Well, be an acceptable number of deaths <laughs> to allow the game to go ahead from my point of view. But anyway. People need to be focused the on the, yeah. <laughs> people, I, I don't know what the refund situation is for tickets either, but people need to be focused on, uh, you know, the public health implications. It's also, I mean, I, I, I'm not a rugby fan. I don't follow the rugby, but I think it might be possible that the, the game would still take place. Um, well, but, that has but happened not in the with past. The, yeah. know, there were cancellations but with in nobody, 2001 nobody in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, the other, the other uh, thing, of course, and, and this is something which I think may need to be looked at is... Uh, if I was uh, an Italian, I'm not sure that I would travel for rugby, but if I was an Italian rugby fan and I had bought my tickets and I had booked my hotel and I had maybe promised my other half a lovely weekend in Dublin, are you going to travel anyway? So, you know, what are, what are the implications of actually cancelling it if a large number of people are going to travel? And I suppose... The, that needs to be communicated not just with the IRFU and that's important but also with the broader public on why there is an issue with people congregating how uh, that is going to have public health implications and I think going back to that it has to be communication 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 all the time Yeah it does feel like it's very early days on this story and how it's going to, going to develop over the next weeks or months but moving on Sinn Féin are holding a series of meetings across the country they held one in, in Cork on Monday there was one in Liberty Hall last night you were at it Louise um, here's a taste of what happened there Mary Lou MacDonald. First thing I want to say is up the dubs. Possibly my most significant statement of the evening. A message to the leaders of those parties who have decided not to speak to us. I say this. We respect your mandate. Now it's time that you respect ours. Coming together of the forces of political conservatism into a formal coalition would open up space for the development of a proper left-right divide in Irish politics. But just be very clear, it would do nothing to improve now the lives of ordinary people. So, a, a headline or a remark, I, I can't remember where it was, but re reflecting on the Sinn Féin a victory, they said, the barbarians are at the gate. So, uh, so, newsflash, the barbarians are through the gate, they're through the gate. And there you are, Mary Lou McDonald's greatest hits at that meeting last night. Pat, you were there. It was uh, an overflow um, situation. There were people on the street who couldn't get in. I think Pierce Doherty went out and, and addressed them. It seemed like a, a sort of a, a victory lap kind of a meeting as much as anything else. I tell you, never mind tickets for the rugby matches. You could have sold tickets to that there last night and uh, made, made a significant packet. Yeah, really big crowds by my count, four or five hundred people inside. 
and uh, and I don't know, maybe a hundred, hundred fifty people outside who uh, who couldn't uh, who couldn't get in. You're going to need but a bigger yeah. hall next time, Louise. Um, yes, uh, and I think the you know you you never know. See, this this is the funny thing. Uh, people have a big focus on uh, public meetings now. Anyone uh, who's any familiarity at all with Sinn Fein, of course, will know that we regularly hold uh, public meetings. In fact, other political parties do to uh, possibly not to the extent that Sinn Féin do. But one of the really important points I think made by Mary Lou last night and, you know, my father was one of the people actually who couldn't get in so I'm in a lot of trouble over that. But one of the, uh, the, the very important points made by Mary Lou last night was that, you know, we're not just going to uh, go out at election time accept the votes we did very well in the election we absolutely did and we're very pleased with that but it doesn't just end for us we don't say well that's, that was great we got the votes and now we're going to uh, head off and not talk to people we'll continue to talk to people the election was on Sunday uh, The sorry the I was elected on Sunday uh, the following Friday I was back out canvassing uh, not because I believe an election is imminent but because I canvass all of the time I have my regular canvasses on Monday Friday and I try and canvass every Saturday or do a stall if I can because engagement is really important to us. Engaging with not just the people who vote for us or the people who might vote for us, but the people who are in our communities. It's really, really important to us that we keep open those lines Okay, of and I completely accept that. But could I ask you, Pat, is it unusual to have a sequence of meetings like this in this interregnum period immediately after an election, um, just while the doll has just returned? Is that unusual in Irish political history? Well, I, I haven't, uh, I don't recall seeing it before. Louise can tell us if there was um, a, a similar series of meetings after the last election. I, uh, I don't recall it, but certainly Sinn Féin public meetings are not, uh, not, are unusual, not unusual. I think in this context, though, uh, I, I think they probably serve uh, a couple of purposes, some of which that um, Louise has alluded to in terms of maintaining communication with their, vo- with their voters. There is an element of the victory lap about it. There's no doubt about uh, that last night, um, I thought. But it's also, I think there are political, there are current political purposes related to the talks that are going on at, uh, at the moment. And one of those, I think, is to uh, to put pressure on for inclusion in um, uh, in, in in talks with Fianna Fáil anyway about um, uh, about a government. The other is to put pressure on the Greens, which are central to the government formation process. And I think that the purpose purpose of uh, of, of of these meetings and the kind of communications. Uh, the the communications campaign that Sinn Féin is uh, is putting forward at the moment is not just put pressure on the Greens not to go in with not to to do a coalition deal with Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael if that's what happens, but to increase the price of it for them uh, if they do. And when I you say the price, you mean purpose, the electoral price in the future? Indeed, yeah, yeah. And I think that the third purpose for them is that if what we get out of this is a Fianna Fáil Fianna Gael plus, plus, whether that includes the Greens and independence or whatever, uh, government, is to strengthen Sinn Féin's narrative of exclusion by the political establishment from that. And I, I, I think that is something that's a very powerful political message for them, one on which Sinn Féin has prospered. And I think that this is in part designed to strengthen that message, if that's what happens. Although it was very interesting, one of the 
several things Mary Lou Macdonald did in that clip that we listened to, Louise, was she she rejected that theory, which is going around quite broadly, that the best outcome for Sinn Féin would be for Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, plus plus to go into government, for Sinn Féin to be the party of opposition, the clear leaders of the opposition, put themselves in the perfect position to maximise uh, their vote at the next election, whenever that might come, be the largest party in the state and lead the next government. Yeah, Sinn Féin were uh, the only effective, uh, the largest effective party of opposition in the last uh, doll as well. So that's not uh, what we're about at the moment. We have a mandate uh, to, and the mandate that was given to us was to deliver for those people. So for the 10,000 people uh, who don't have anywhere to live, for the nearly 600 people who are on trolleys, for the people who are visiting our advice clinics day in and day out, they need action now. They don't need uh, politicians uh, telling them that, you know, government formation takes time. They actually need people to roll up their sleeves. And that's what we have been doing. We've been intensifying our engagements with the other parties to deliver on the mandate that we have. And uh, yes, that narrative is, uh, I think, out there. I'm not sure who put it out there. It certainly wasn't Sinn Féin. But the notion that a political party who could win the popular vote, as we did, uh, get more votes than any other party, uh, who could, um, who will have essentially seen off uh, the, 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 the notion that there are only two big parties and then a whole load of smaller parties. Of, I mean, uh, I said it last night, you know, uh, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael are the parties formerly known as the two big parties because actually now uh, there is uh, a somewhat equal split in terms of the, the number of seats. So, you know, it's disrespectful for people to say that we went into this election with anything other than a focus on government because we want to be in government, not for the reasons uh, that, that maybe some people go into politics, not just to get ourselves into a ministerial car or to uh, to have the trappings of power. But we want to be in government so that we can deliver for those people who have been left behind by successive governments. And when we say people voted for change, they did. That came up on every door. And no political party, no politician who canvassed successfully or unsuccessfully at the last election will deny that the word on people's lips was change. We haven't hijacked that word. We haven't uh, we haven't misused it. Uh, we have simply taken that message from the people and we have brought it back to the doll. So what we want to do is we want to deliver a government for change. And nobody, not in this room, not listening to this podcast or not outside of this area, believes that uh, change is represented by another Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael arrangement. Well, isn't it whatever, the case, though, whatever that, words that they want to Sinn Féin, you know, left about 10 seats behind them at the, at the last election, um, even if they got exactly the same amount, they didn't increase their vote, their surge didn't continue, they would undoubtedly be the clearly the largest party by a margin of six or seven seats if there were another election within the next 12 months and the, and the share were to remain the same. And then they would be leading the change which you're seeking. But at the moment, we have an opportunity uh, to provide that leadership in government. Um, you know, I mean, that, that is the fact. It's 18 days since we had an election. 18 days. And, uh, you know, there's... What we have said is we are open to those discussions. We have been proactive. Uh, we had seven and a half hours of meetings yesterday with the Green Party. We've met with the Social Democrats. Uh, we've met with Solidarity PBP and with all of the independents and independents for change. We've met with the Labour Party and we will continue those engagements. You know, people who are calling for uh, a second election now at this stage, I think they're really not listening to what happened at the last election. You know, it's 18 days since people cast their votes. So we need to make good on the mandate that we have and we need to ensure that we can 
get uh, into government and deliver that government for change. And when we say change, we don't just mean a shifting around in personalities. We mean actual, real, deep and meaningful change. And that is what Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil um, are most afraid of. They're, they, they, you know, they, all the posturing that's been done the last couple of weeks, um, all the messing and the histrionics, actually what they don't want is they do not want to cede power to a party that will deliver real and sustainable change into those communities that have been systematically neglected time after time by successive Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil governments. I, I, I think this is one thing that, that Sinn Féin would probably have to answer is that how it reconciles that demand perfectly legitimate from its point of view that Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael must, you know, must get out of uh, office. Obviously Fianna Fáil weren't in office, but uh, uh, we're, we're in an, well, we an arrangement with... Uh, well, well, well <laughs> it, it is a fact that they weren't in office, whatever okay. about uh, they, whatever They about were being effectively part of the government. Um, so, but, but, but that, that Sinn Féin wants Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael out, but it also wants to talk to at least Fianna Fáil, uh, I think, about forming a government. Well, we've indicated a willingness to talk to anyone um, in relation to delivering on uh, the mandate that we have been given. Our party manifesto, I think, was probably one of the first to, to go out there. People have engaged with it. They have um, they've listened to the message that we have and we want to see our policies implemented. So, we want to see the largest house building programme this state has ever seen uh, sure, because but, but, we need but what it. about the point about being in government with Fianna Fáil uh, or Fine Gael? Is that what you want to talk to them about? We want to talk to all parties about the prospect of negotiating a decent programme for government, a Republican programme for government, a programme for government that will deliver for people. OK, so we know exactly how the numbers work and we have said we are available for those discussions. But what we want to see is delivery. What we don't want to see is more mess and more posture and more personality nonsense. What we want to see is a government that delivers. So do you believe, and we believe that either Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael can be part of that delivery? We believe that the only way that that's going to happen is if Sinn Féin is part of that delivery. Um, and that's where our but focus is. But Sinn Féin is. can't do it on its own. The numbers are the numbers. The numbers are tricky. We know that. But we are well, still... Not just we are, st- we are still maintaining you from we forming still, a majority government yeah, without okay, either. And our position hasn't changed, not once. We have said we will talk to any and all parties, but we want to see delivery. We want to see real action in relation to our health services. Nearly 600 people on trolleys and the figure very rarely, if ever, drops below 550. So it is clear that a change of policy and a change of direction is what is needed. We've had Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael and their policies. We saw that what we saw what that gets us. So what we want to do is be part of changing those policies. But then can I ask you something as as a follow-up on that? Um, You're proposing radical changes. You're proposing massive investment in housing, massive investment in health. It's a significant shift in the strategic moves of, of, of governments over the last 20 or 30 years. You can't possibly do that in association with Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, can you? And you don't have the numbers, as Pat says, to do it with a broad alliance of the left. So the current Dáil can't deliver that change that that you argue is necessary. Having somewhere to live that's secure shouldn't be radical. Um, Being able to get a hospital bed when you're sick or access to home help when you need it shouldn't be radical. Um, being able to afford to pay for your childcare bills shouldn't be radical. What successive governments have uh, in fact done is they have tried to hijack 
the uh, the narrative that somehow uh, life must always be a struggle for certain people and people can be left behind by governments. It should not be radical to say that you can have a roof over your head and somewhere secure to live. And yet that is that is uh, put out there as a radical notion. What we want to do is we want to build homes. What we want to do is we want to recruit and retain the staff into our health services. We want to ensure that people can afford to pay for childcare and to retire at the age of 65. Now, I was a trade union official for a very very, very long time um, prior to being elected. And I know people who work extremely hard in their jobs. They worked all their life. They pay tax all their life. They don't believe it's in any way radical that they would be able to retire with the old age pension at the age of 65. In fact, they think that's perfectly normal. They think that when they started work 30 odd years ago, that they expected to be able to retire at 65, that that's a normal and a decent thing to be able to do. So it isn't radical to suggest that the government should work for ordinary people. In fact, it should be radical to suggest that the government works for the banks and the elites. And I but in we a way, need to this, switch that round. This, the, the, these policy outcomes, many of them, maybe not on the pension stuff, but Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael say that they want to uh, recruit into the public services and pay them more. They say they want yeah, to build houses and all, all those sort of things. The phase that politics is in now is in forming parliamentary alliances that can uh, sustain the numbers in Parliament to vote through the measures that would be required to achieve these policy ends and we're no further really down the line than where we were yeah, but now Pat, than where yeah, we were that, a couple, that's, a couple, a couple of weeks ago. That's to think that, you know, that politics was just invented 10 minutes ago. We have had years of Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael in government. We've had four years of them in their own little uh, special government arrangement and the end result of that is that we have more people who are uh, have nowhere to live. We have more people who are waiting on trolleys. We have more people who are on waiting lists and we have people who are probably going to be working until they're 80 to pay for the children's hospital. So, but, like, but let's, we're back let's to the parliamentary bit, you know, numbers. Well, then. let's get a bit of perspective on this. You know, when we say we want to deliver uh, the real and radical change. We know that that involves talking. We know that that involves numbers. But the simple fact is Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael together had the numbers in the last doll. They didn't do any of that stuff that they're talking about doing now. So when we say Sinn Féin need to be in government, we mean that people need Sinn Féin in government, that those people who want somewhere secure to live need Sinn Féin in government, that those people who want to be able to retire after 40 odd years of working at 65 need Sinn Féin so in government. So how does Sinn Féin get into government? Well, people need to talk to us. They need to respect our mandate. Um, our party leader said it last night. We respect the mandate of other parties. All we ask is that they respect our mandate and that they will sit down and have a reasonable discussion with us. Otherwise, the only logical conclusion we can come to is that they are afraid of a major house building programme. They have no interest in tackling the trolley crisis and they want people to work until uh, God knows what age. Do you think that a government that put together that excluded Sinn Féin, such as the one that lots of people are talking about, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, Greens plus, whatever. Do you think that that would have democratic legitimacy? I think it's very disrespectful actually to just take the support of the Green Party for granted in that way and you see people talking about that. We've had very, very good, open uh, and decent engagement with the Green Party in relation to policy uh, and in relation to, um, you know, not at the stage of forming a programme for government, obviously, but in relation to uh, those areas where progress can be made. So, I mean, the Green Party are not just a single agenda party. They had very, very interesting things to say sure, in think relation any, to I housing, think in relation would be to health. To take them far, and, uh, and I don't think they, yeah, the, big, and the, the, the old big two particularly. No. But to go back but, to the question, we don't do you take think them for granted? We, we have treated them um, with respect, and we have engaged with them on policy, which I think is what really, you know, I mean, and I've heard other people saying, look, that's what grown-ups do. So the 
maths are the maths, right? The election happened. The seats are the seats and we know uh, who sits where now. What we need to do is get down to having that discussion about a programme for government, about delivering for those people. And we will maintain that the government that is needed is one that has Sinn Féin as part of But if a, a different government is put together, do you think that would have democratic legitimacy? But if the government can be formed and voted by the doll, I wouldn't dispute the democratic legitimacy of it. However, what I would say is it is not, uh, it is neither fair nor credible to disrespect the mandate of the party that got the most votes in the election. You know, that is a There was a a question in relation at at the rally last night from, I think I'm a member of PBP to to Mary Lou MacDonald and it was about this National Day protest which PBP and certain other parties are are involved in. And it was interesting that Mary Lou MacDonald said that, that, that Sinn Féin would not be participating directly and that she didn't say anything negative about it, but it's interesting that that part of the the left, which I think we heard it in this podcast last week, Pat, you know, we heard Paul Murphy talking about a concerted effort of protest on the streets as well as as well as inside the doll. Sinn Féin isn't fully signed up for, for that kind of strategy, is it? Sinn Féin has a strategy. <laughs> the strategy is to engage what we're saying to the, the parties formerly known as the two big parties, uh, is that they need to start respecting the mandate that we have and they need to start talking to us. Nobody uh, could dispute the fact that, you know, we have joined people in protests against government policy. We have done that time and time again. Uh, What we're doing now is we are wholly and solely focused on government formation and ensuring that we are part of the government so that we can deliver for those people who absolutely need to have Sinn Féin in government. They're not just telling us, I'm sure they're telling the other parties as well. We want to be in government because we want to deliver for people. That is where our primary focus is at the moment and uh, our party leader made that clear last night. What we want to do is we want to focus on discussing with other parties, with any and all parties. We've said that from the beginning. We're ruling nobody out. We want to have that discussion. We want to be part of government formation because we believe that people need us to be part of government formation. And we believe that that's the mandate that we have been given. We simply say to other parties, don't disrespect the mandate that we have been given. Uh, Don't disrespect our voters. And, you know, I mean, there were plenty of people from the Irish Times in the room last night who will see a group of very, very determined people who want their vote respected. I spoke to people who, they're not Sinn Féin members. Um, There was two young men from my own constituency. They approached me at the end of the meeting. They'd never been to a political meeting before. Um, And actually, look, very often political meetings can be quite boring. Last night's was great. I hope they're not disappointed the next time they go to one. (laughs) But uh, they'd never been to a political meeting before. They'd never been to to anything. They'd never had that level of engagement. They were very grateful. One of them, they were only in their 20s. One of them was saying to me, you know, uh, thanks for this. Thanks for this opportunity to have our say. Now, those people are ordinary, decent people. They come out, they voted for Sinn Féin because they want to see our policies implemented. All we're saying to the other parties is we want to see our policies implemented. Our voters want to see our policies implemented. Now, talk to us. Pat, do you think there's any chance of Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael doing what Louise is talking about there and starting to talk to them? No. And I think uh, Louise and her colleagues probably know that. Um, there is perhaps a version of the future that you can see that maybe three months down the line a government hasn't been formed that the efforts to put together the Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, Green plus coalition come to naught and that is entirely possible because I think lots of people in those parties as we says take the Greens for granted and underestimate the difficulty of agreeing uh, a programme for a government and a modus operandi for that government Uh, so it is possible that that doesn't work and at that stage then you may be looking at another election or maybe a push from that wing of Fianna Fáil 
against its leader. I don't think Micheál Martin will change his mind, but there might be some people in Fianna Fáil who might be prepared to talk to Sinn Féin about forming a government. I don't think at this point that they are anything like sufficiently numerous to actually mount a successful heave against Micheál Martin. But the political context will have changed in three months if there is no government. If you get to the summer and you're looking at heading into a budget process in the autumn with, uh, with, with the current caretaker government in place, then I think the political context will have changed sufficiently to bring things onto the table. Well, can that I ask might you, and I'll ask you about this in a sec, Louise, can I ask you, there's very bitter exchanges between um, between Micheál Martin and Mary Lou MacDonald in the Dáil last Thursday on the first day. Um, and the things which Micheál Martin said about Sinn Féin, its culture, its past, its history, its present, um, we heard them all. Um, are those held by many people in Fianna Fáil? Because clearly those prevent Micheál Martin, if to take his words at face value, mm-hmm. from entering into any discussions. Is that share, are those views widely shared by other members of the I parliamentary party? I think that's party? a really interesting question. They certainly are, to some degree, perhaps not throughout the organisation to the same degree that Michal Martin holds them. At present, my best judgment of it would be that the organisation is on board with Michal Martin's strategy. The parliamentary party is largely uh, at one with uh, Micheál Martin on his strategy. But if that strategy doesn't work, if he doesn't get a government out of it, then that might change. You see, again, uh, this is the mistake I think that the media often make is they, they develop a kind of a fixation on the personality issues within Fianna Fáil. And I can tell you with my hand and my heart, I don't think people uh, are really interested in that. What they want is they want government formation. They see parties uh, with mandates. They see that the parties have policies. They know that government is formed only by negotiation and they want to see, they want to see us at the table. Obviously, they want to see Sinn Féin in government. Clearly, they do. But I think one of the most interesting things about the exchange between Mary Lou MacDonald and Micheál Martin and Micheál set the tone um, and, you know, uh, Mary Lou responded uh, very effectively, very comprehensively. And two million people watched Mary Lou's response. So that's the level of interest that people have in hearing Sinn Féin's message. And no disrespect to people in the mainstream media, we often, I think, don't get a fair go. Uh, we don't get our message covered uh, in quite the same way. Um, and that, that's, that's not necessarily true of anyone in this room. But people now are interested in hearing what we have to say because they see it is constructive, because they see that it has meaning in their lives, because they see that we are scrutinised as a party and we should be in relation to our alternative budgets that we produce every year and in relation to our manifesto. They see that the figures stack up. They want to see houses built. They want to see the trolley crisis ended. They want to see Sinn Féin in government. They want to be able to retire at the age of 65. And they are listening to what Mary Lou MacDonald had to say. They are listening to what we have to say. And the fact that we had such a wide attendance at a meeting last night and again in Cork and these people are not all Sinn Féin members some of them aren't even Sinn Féin supporters some of them are people who voted Sinn Féin for the first time some of them are people who maybe didn't vote Sinn Féin but are quite prepared to come up to you at the meeting and say actually I didn't vote for you the last time but I think you should be given a chance and we're saying to the other parties and we are saying to the broader public because we are communicating I mean you say Micheál Martin knows what's going on I don't know who he communicates with or how he does it but I mean we know how we do it we go out and we have 
mean, right, with his, I, I, with, with yeah. his own party, his own, I think. Okay, yeah. and, and that's fair. I don't know how he gets that feedback, but we do it in an open and transparent way. We go into meeting rooms and we have those conversations with people and we listen. And anyone who was in that room last night will have heard people who are, it was a policy-based discussion. Was It was less about politics, actually, and more about policy because people want to see delivery. They're past the, the rhetoric and the personalities. They want to see delivery. They want a government that's on their side. They want a government that's going to deliver and give workers and families a break. They want a government that's going to actually work for them instead of working for the banks. It was that simple. Pat, the $6 billion question, what's going to happen now and how long is it going to take? My fear is that you don't know and a very long time are the answers. <laughs> Well, I wasn't going to put it quite as boldly as that, but I suppose that's, <laughs> that'll be the general thrust of it. Uh, I think uh, for the for the immediate immediate short term, I don't think there's any prospect of uh, Taoiseach being elected next week. Um, I think uh, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on the numbers that Michal Martin gets next week. So is he beginning to reel independence in? So we got a couple of independents last week. Will he get more next week? Does Mary Lou manage to get more next week? I wonder will Fine Gael even put Leo Varadkar forward to come third again in the uh, uh, in the vote next week. But I think it's it's pretty clear there isn't going to be uh, there isn't going to be government uh, next week. Then I assume, I don't know if the Whips have discussed this yet, I don't think so, I assume that there will be an adjournment of the Dáil until after St. Patrick's Day. And I think then in the period between St. Patrick's Day and Easter, we will see maybe a bit of business start to being done. But even the parties that are involved in negotiations at the moment, involved in talks at the moment, say those talks are preliminary, there aren't draft programmes for government, there aren't alliances being put together yet. So I'm afraid we're at an early stage in this yet. But there's no need for it to be this long drawn out process. I mean, the, uh, you know, I mean, when I talk about the the crises that are urgent, you you heard them in Liberty Hall last night um, and anyone who was down at the meeting in Cork heard them as well. You know, people don't want inaction. They don't want navel-gazing from their politicians. They want their politicians to get on with doing the job they were elected to do. And the job we were elected to do was form a government. Now, you know, we're being very proactive and Sinn Féin is very, very clear. There shouldn't be any reason for delay. All of the parties went out. We put our manifestos out. We know where our policies are. We want to start building houses. We want to start recruiting staff. We want people to be able to retire at 65. We want to ensure that we deliver on Irish unity. We want to ensure that we give workers and families a break. Those are our key policy areas sure, and people it, know that. It does take and time to do, of course to do it these does, things. I mean, Sinn Féin knows it took to three years to put a government back together in you the North. You need to start so. and, and you know very well that that's very different to what's going on at the moment but you need Indeed to start from somewhere. You need to be able to actually sit down. So the first place that people start is they look at the mandate received by each party and they say we respect that. Now Sinn Féin has got to that place. We say we respect the mandate of other parties and we want to have that discussion. We're just waiting for some of the other parties to catch up with where we are. We shall leave it there for the moment. Thanks very much to Louise and Pat for coming in. Before we go, I just want to take a few seconds to remind you again that if you do like this podcast and you want more quality journalism from the Irish Times, all you have to do is go to irishtimes.com slash subscribe and sign up for a digital subscription and one euro is all you pay for the first month for that with unlimited access to all our journalism, including all kinds of exclusive content like sometimes, Pat, you do the Daily Politics Digest, don't you? 
Thankfully, not on a daily basis now yeah. that the uh, dole is out of session and the election. But for anybody interested over. in politics, it's a, it's a must subscribe. So that's irishtimes.com slash subscribe. Thanks also to Declan Conlon for producing, to JJ Vernon on the desk. Remember that you can find us on all the usual platforms and at irishtimes.com slash podcasts. You can mail us at politicspodcast at irishtimes.com. Until the next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>